All right, episode 15. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming up one more week, and then we're into four-month territory. That's crazy. Yeah, I've been doing this a little while. I mean, we're having interviews all over the place and and uh, doing all kinds of new wrinkles and fun stuff uh, coming about. Yeah. So we're uh, this is going to be kind of a little bit of a different episode than we've done in the past. Normally, mm-hmm. we will have kind of a this week and 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 sports law and uh, compliance. Yeah. We're not going. We don't really have time for that today, unfortunately. Yeah, we'd love to, and there are some things going on, but we've got uh, a caller that we're going to talk about here in a minute. We've we've talked to Oregon. We're going to talk to Oregon State. Um, so we've got a couple of calls and interviews today. So we're pretty packed up today. Yeah, well, and I'm really excited because we're going to have an interview with a uh, a, a kid. You know, this this guy or, yeah. uh, who challenged me. Yeah, he challenged nickname. Yeah, to your to yeah, and and my guess is the guy's going to be good, but he's not going to know. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what you know when people pop off like this guy did. We'll see. You know what I mean? You better bring your A game. I'll I'll be ready. I know you're going to bring your. I'll be ready to go. I'm sure he'll be ready to go. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be fun. All right. All right. So what does that what does that sound mean? Well, that's a call. Right, and we got a call coming in, um, and I think that we're going to talk to Ryan. No, this is Oregon State. Oregon State. Uh, see, this this show, we have so many things packed into this day. We have, we're going to talk to Oregon State and Ryan. And Ryan, from, right. Ryan from Miami. Ryan from Miami. But this is going to be Oregon State. Oregon State. So, so Kyle yeah. Pfeiffer from Oregon State. That's right. And so this interview is going to be brought to us by who, Aaron? Uh, great law firm by the name of Welch, Bruin, and Green. Okay. Like the color. And we're located in Portland, Oregon, and we can do a couple of things. I mean, I think we can do workers' compensation. That's right. We do personal injury, social security, disability. Yeah. And then also, what else? Well, sports, collegiate sports law. We can we can do consulting services for schools, uh, student athletes, administrators, coaches. Um, basically, anything your compliance office can do, we could do on a kind of a flat rate or hourly rate. We'd work it up, figure out what your needs are, and help you out. Yeah. And feel free to give us a call. You can call us at 503-221-0870 or email us at collegesportsattorneys at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can email Aaron at A Price, first initial, last name, at WBGATTY.com. WBG is in the initials of our law firm. That's impressive. Man. And then ATTY is short for attorney. That's right. .com. Or you can email me at S. Kelly, also first initial and last name. Yeah. At WBGATTY.com. Yeah. We look forward to helping anybody out. Yeah. Uh, Feel free to give us a call. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what does that sound mean, Eric? Well, we have the the great fortune of of having uh, Kyle uh, Pfeiffer from Oregon State, and he works uh, with Oregon State Athletics in the Compliance Office. And uh, I've known Kyle for a long, long time. A uh, great guy. We're very fortunate to be able to pick his brain. He has a lot of knowledge in this industry. He's been around a long time. And he's uh, graciously given us some of his time today to kind of talk about some of the ins and outs there at Oregon State. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Kyle, thank you very much. How you, how you doing today? I'm doing fine, guys. I'm looking forward to talking to you. And yeah, I've been here at Oregon State about six years this time. So hopefully I can... I know a little bit about what's going on around here. <laughs> yeah, that, that should give you enough time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle, one of our first questions that we ask uh, people in the compliance uh, world that we're interviewing is kind of, uh, can you give us a little bit about your background, you know, kind of where you went to school um, and then kind of how you got into the compliance world? Uh, yeah, sure. So to go way back, I grew up in Indiana. I uh, thought I wanted to play baseball. Went to a Division II school in South Carolina, Francis Marion University, uh, home of the Patriots. And once there, Division II compliance isn't really a big thing, but uh, kind of interested in athletic administration for sure. Once I was there, didn't immediately go into it, but had an opportunity to become a GA at Gonzaga about three, four years after graduating. And I took the opportunity. Uh, so ended up in Spokane for about four years, ended up taking a job at Oregon State, was here for about two, went to Washington where, honestly, I got pretty fortunate. There was some turnover at the director of compliance role, and I was pretty quickly promoted. I was 
probably a little too green to be running a major university compliance shop. But, you know, I'm, I got through it. We did a, I think I did a good job. And then came back to Oregon State after that with um, Bobby D. Bobby Careless was the AD in 2013, and I've been here since. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, that's awesome. What well, was there anybody that you felt like kind of gave you your big break in compliance? Any one specific yeah. person? Yeah. So when I I took when I was in, I was kind of a lateral move from Oregon State to Washington. Um, it was lots of reasons behind that, but I wanted to get up closer to my wife's family. That was a big part of it. Uh, but once I was there, I reported to John Morris. He's now the AD at Tufts out in Boston. Um, he had been in the compliance role for several years up in Washington, and he's been kind of my mentor ever since. Stay in touch with him. Uh, talked with him last week. Did some some stuff with him where he was able to really show me what he did, what works well, what he didn't think worked well, and he was just someone who was always open to help me because he knew I was probably a little little bit of a rookie coming into that role. He wanted to make sure that I was successful, and so just his amount of attention to me made it all of the difference in my career. And so I give him a ton of credit. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like there's always the people we've talked to always seem to have one person or a couple people they could kind of highlight and sort of giving him that first crack or that first opportunity. It's actually funny for me. It's, it's Bob DeCareless. Actually, I was, oh, really? yeah, I was going to Willamette university uh, for law school and I did the sports law journal there and I invited him out as a speaker and he was the athletic director at the time and he came out and we had this little uh, forum and he spoke a little bit. And afterwards he pulled me aside and he said, what are you trying to do in, in sports? And I said, oh, I work in college athletics at some level. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. And at the time I had heard of compliance offices, but I didn't really know exactly what they did. And he said, well, why don't you, uh, you know, if you got some time, maybe want to come send me your materials and I'll, I'll look at it for a volunteer internship possibility. And, and I did that. And he brought me on initially as his intern, kind of a volunteer intern. And then he kind of introduced me to the compliance office. I helped out a little bit there. And then uh, I volunteered for about a year, year and a half. And then finally, a coordinator position opened up. And so I was a coordinator for a period of time at Oregon State. And I was there until my alma mater called USC. And they had an assistant director position that, you know, that uh, was a step up. And it was my alma mater. It was hard to turn down. And so, and we were under sanctions at the time. So it was a unique opportunity. And so I left for, for that. But, uh, but yeah, so Bobby D, I know that name really well. <laughs> and uh, I think he's at Michigan now or said, no, actually Santa Clara. I think he was at Michigan, but I think, yeah, he's, at, I think he's a deputy at Santa Clara right now. Yeah. Yeah. Really good guy. Really liked him. A hardworking guy. But anyways, it's funny how that works, you know? So, so what's your pretty small once you're in the industry for sure. Yeah. So what is your, what's your specific title at Oregon state? And kind of how what's your how big is your office and uh, kind of how your how's your office structured? Yeah, so I'm a senior associate athletic director. Uh, I am one of four senior associate athletic directors. We have three deputies in the department, uh, which is I think a little unique, but just about how it works. And then we have our athletic director. I report directly to him. The compliance office has me plus three others all full time here in the department. Uh, then we also have someone in the financial aid office and in the registrar's office that are kind of dedicated to athletics on a full-time basis. So that's that's the crew. Uh, I also oversee two sports as sport administrator. Uh, that's women's track and men's golf. And so that does split my time for sure. And then being on the executive staff takes me away a little bit as well. So I think my I think my compliance staff would tell you that I'm a 0.5 at best. But uh, I, I definitely sit in the compliance office, and that's my day-to-day. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so uh, what, what is a typical day for you like at, the, uh, at Oregon State there? I mean, I know you, you get, we had the good fortune to get, have a tour given by you, and we walked around, and actually while we were walking around, you had a, I remember you had an assistant, head, assistant coach for basketball come up and ask you a question about, about recruiting. And it, you know, it, was, it was my first indication that uh, that kind of stuff happens all the time. So what's a, what's a normal day for you like? You know, I was thinking about this. I think today, of all days, is probably a really good example. So bright and early, um, liaison with the housing department, making sure that our freshman athletes have the beds that our coaches are after, making sure they're taken care of and, and have space. Uh, then I was in a meeting with one of our elite athletes. We have a consult that helps us with ability insurance, like you know, future earnings protection, those types of things. That was a good conversation. Um then we walked into the women's rowing office to talk about postseason selection criteria. 
didn't know I was going to be involved in that one before when the week started, but happy to help. Uh, then later today, I'm going to be working with our faculty athletic rep on some academic fraud monitoring and a student who became injured to the point to where they unfortunately can't be a part of the athletics participation anymore, but just kind of what that means for the meeting with them one-on-one to kind of go through the particulars. So that's, that's the day. Um, and so that's a wide range of things that happens, and that's pretty typical. And then, like you said, walking around the hallway, I never know who's going to stop me, whether that's tickets, tickets representative, a coach. I don't know. So it's always <laughs> interesting what comes on our plate today. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I can completely relate to, to that. And yeah, there, I would always carry, actually, when I was at USC, I would carry a little notepad and a pen. I started doing that in my pocket just because what would end up happening is that sometimes I'd have to go across campus, have a meeting or two. And by the time I got back to my desk an hour later, I might have three new questions from three different people. And I didn't want to forget them. And sometimes they weren't ones that were appropriate to sort of answer right on the spot. Like I needed to look into it or bounce it off a couple people. And so, yeah, uh, compliance can be multifaceted and fast paced. And uh, you got to be able to balance lots of things at once and, and speak into a lot of different uh, things, you know, and so um, I, I know Kyle does a great job of that, and 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 I used to kind of work in the Pac-12, and he's got a great reputation in the Pac-12. So uh, those are good answers. Uh, Kyle, I was curious: does Oregon State would you consider it to have any sort of unique or special challenge that you deal with? I know, like for example, when I was at USC, there was different challenges that we sort of approached. Than maybe when I was at Oregon State. I mean, there were all the same rules, of course. But you know, at USC, for example, we had a lot of high-profile athletes. We had agents on campus all the time. So there's different kind of things we tried to attack. I, I don't know if there's anything that you've kind of noticed between Washington and Oregon State and different schools, but Oregon State specifically, that might be unique. Yeah, I think I think we do have some stuff. You know, you mentioned like at USC, you're sitting in Los Angeles, right? And yeah. you had a ton of elite level prospects within driving distance. Well, that's not really the case in Oregon State. We got some good athletes in Oregon. I'm not trying to, to downplay that, but, you know, Corvallis is a small town. Portland's up the road in an hour and a half. So I think our unique challenge here is within recruiting, and we do everything we can to actually get those recruits on campus because if we believe, and we've got some data that shows up that once they get here and experience what we have and who we are, they come. So that's a hard thing to do. We can't just get people to fly up here from LA on their own or, or whatever, you know, from across the country. So that's one of the unique ones. We also have, we're a quarter system. Ah, and right. I think there's only six or seven major schools that still run on the quarter system. Ohio State switched a couple of years ago. So most of the rules are written for semester schools. And we have to constantly tweak what we do to make sure it fits that system, whether that's financial aid, eligibility, across the board. And on top of that, we have a unique challenge in our financial aid system. They charge per credit, and it is out of control. We have like five different scales for how we charge credit and tuition around here for a student. So staying on top of that for our equivalency sports is a full-time job. Oh, man, I bet. I bet, yeah. That, that, well, that's a great answer. Thank you for sharing all that. That, that. Those are unique, and yeah, every school has their own sort of things. I worked at Oregon State, which was quarter, and then I did USC, which was semester, small college feel versus major metropolitan area. You know, it, it's it's funny how all the different uh, – the rules are all the same, but it's unique challenges that you face on campus, given where your school's located or how big it is or uh, different things. So uh, that's a good answer. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, you know, just to, to compare it to another school right here in the state, you know, University of Oregon is down the road. They have to do a ton of stuff around gear because I think yeah. Nike probably has a better contract with Oregon than they do with Oregon State. They just have a lot more, and so they have to make sure that they track every single thing that comes through there where we do do some tracking, but I don't think it's to the same level as what they have to do, or maybe USC for sure what we did in Washington. That's just not a focus here that it is at other places. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Does Oregon State use any particular software to kind of help the compliance office? I know, Aaron, when you said when you were at Oregon State, they did mostly just paperwork, right? But yeah, it was kind of paper oriented. But now, does does Oregon State use any kind of software? We picked up a jump forward contract probably seven or eight years ago at this point. I'd have to look back to know exactly when. Uh, and for a while, football had Blue Trip, Blue Chip, excuse me. Uh, so when we had a coaching change a couple of years back, that unified. So we're all on jump forward, all across the board. Um, is it perfect? No. Again, we're quarter school. We're trying to smash our system into something that's kind of out of the box. 
Um, I think a couple of our programs use some different software for recruiting, which makes it a monitoring challenge, but we work with that. But Jump4 is our main place where all of our information is. It's, it's helpful. I think it probably helps us justify like one less person in the office because of some of the automated stuff it can do for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I, you know, when I was at Oregon State, it was a little bit early. Uh, there, not all schools were using software. It was just sort of becoming prevalent. Um, and so we just, you know, we used binders and, 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 and trackers and Excel spreadsheets and that sort of thing. So we did the best we could with what we had. But when I went to USC, we had Jump Forward and it was sort of new, but it was branched everywhere. There was some people were using ARMS and some people were using, uh, you know, blue chip or, or different things. So there was like eight different uh, systems and it was a mess. And eventually we, we all went to jump forward and kind of unified it. That was a big challenge, but, um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I felt like a lot of times the monitoring it can do or the tracking or the paperwork keeping or whatever, uh, helps, helps a ton. And so I'm glad to hear Oregon state's, uh, using something. Um, yeah. And, and again, it's not perfect. And none of those software systems are, they do what they can. They do it as best they can. I'll just give you an example. I think in the last three weeks, I probably got 50 different warnings that our football staff is recruiting when they're not supposed to. Yeah. And every single one of them is checked out to be okay. Like our football staff knows how to recruit, knows when to be out, but the system just isn't up to speed enough to be perfect. Yeah. So I wake up to 20 emails about warnings of our football and I'm like, I'm having a small panic attack, but turns out to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I ran into that a lot, you know, or, or different calls that maybe there was, some justification or if it was a uh, somebody in development that was reaching out to somebody with a prior relationship or whatever. But, but there was always little flags that I got nine, 99 times out of a hundred, it was fine, explainable, but so it was almost like over catching a little bit and then I had to add a lot of notes. And so, yeah, those are wrinkles, but, but it was good. It was at least some good documentation, you know, use it for the care logs and, and we tracked a lot of paperwork in there, official visits, unofficial visits, that sort of thing. And, and uh, I think it was it definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, it, it, probably better than having a binder system or, or just you know trackers on your computer, you know that sort of thing. It, it's easier when an audit happens or a problem, and you can kind of run reports and that sort of thing. No, that's good. That's good. I agree. What are your thoughts on the uh, this transfer portal? It, it, it was sort of new, right? When I was leaving compliance at USC and moving to Oregon, it was sort of coming into play, but it hadn't went into practice just yet, and so I kind of missed out on the actual like functionality of it but just curious your thoughts on, on on how it's working i mean do you like it is it do athletes are they just sort of dumping themselves into it to try to get you know maybe some more attention out there i'm just curious like the workings of it in your your opinion uh i think overall it's been positive um i don't believe it's increased the number of transfers by any chance like i, I think they just came out a couple of weeks ago to show specifically with the men's basketball that the last three years have been relatively the same. Um, so the transfer portal went live in October 18th, if I'm not mistaken. So it's what it's done is it, it's made us more efficient in our office. So when they go in there, I don't have to send letters to every conference, every school that these yeah. students want. Yeah. Uh, it's just done. It's there. You know, it is interesting that that, caveat of going into the transfer portal means that your school is going to cancel your aid potentially that gives us the ability to do that so that i think might have pushed a few things to the ground instead of being fully above board but i think it has brought more things to light more understanding of what the transfer system is so i think overall it's been positive and the students know it's an option so where before they had to educate themselves on how to get permission to contact what they could do what they couldn't do and now it's easy enough everybody goes the same path so if somebody comes to you, if you, let's say you got um, Joe Blow, football player, and comes to your office and says, you know, hey, Kyle, I want to go in the transfer portal. I want to transfer. What, what, what do you do? Do you, do you sit them down and go over the basic rules like, hey, your scholarship? Do you let the coaches know? What process do you generally follow? That's exactly it. Uh, hopefully we have a chance to sit down with the student. Sometimes it's an email that just comes in and says, I want to. Yeah. Um, and so you don't really have that chance to, to do that. You might respond to that email with some education. But yeah, the first thing is I make sure the coach and the sport administrator are aware that this came through. 99% of the times they're already aware of it before we are, which is fine. Um, and, you know, we make sure that we get them into that transfer portal on a, on a timely basis. I, I think it does. It, it, it's given the students some power over their own lives, which is, again, positive. So we just want to make sure that they use it appropriately and that 
they don't do it after a single bad day, bad practice. Yeah. Like, are you sure that this is really what you want to do? We want to make sure we have that little bit of a touch point to make sure that they're not overreacting on something that maybe they're going to regret. But like, at the same time, it's their decision. They get to do it, and we follow their lead. Do the rules place any uh, – is it like 48 hours or there, you have a certain time limit you have to get them in that portal from request? Yeah, once it's in writing, once the request is in writing, we have 48 hours. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, Kyle, thanks again so much for your time. Um, I guess uh, kind of some two, two last points we want to go over with you. And the first one is kind of what advice would you give to someone who's maybe wanting to get into the compliance world – uh, wanting to get their foot in the door, uh, what what type of advice would you give to that person? I think the first piece is make contact with a compliance office. And what I mean is, if if you're out there, whether you're in law school, whether you're undergrad, maybe you're out of school, I, I'm not sure which, whatever the situation is, you're going to have to put in some time volunteering and getting to know that one, that's where you want to be, and two, that they have an opportunity for you because so many times, like I get, you know, someone from a different state, someone from so far away wants to do something for us. And it, it's impossible for it to do it remotely. It, it's something that you have to be here. You have to hear the conversations. You have to be in the office a lot of times to really learn. And so we end up with a ton of law students from Willamette and Oregon. We've got undergrads from our own campus here. And many times our interns go off and are very successful. Uh, the last three, in fact, have all gone on to full-time positions. So that's how you have to put the time in. You have to get yourself and immerse yourself because that first interview that you have out there, they're going to expect you to know your stuff, even if it's an entry-level position. You have to have the knowledge to show that you can do the job. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to hire because I'm the person doing the hiring, and I can't hire somebody who's never been involved with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's one of our, uh, maybe two or three weeks ago, we interviewed somebody that had said basically that like even entry level jobs now really require some knowledge. I mean, you, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, you could kind of just, ah, oh, you're a coordinator. We'll just fit you in and, and give you some tasks. Now, no, you really need to know, uh, have a basis, uh, knowledge. You know, you need to know a little bit about CARA and, and recruiting and eligibility or some basic stuff. You can converse with a coach appropriately. And so it's just gotten a little more competitive, you know, and so uh, I think to get that experience, because it's tough, how do you, it's that catch 22, how do you get that first job, you know, and how do you get that experience? Well, you have to volunteer, I think, or intern or something to that effect. That's what I did at Oregon State, too. I mean, nobody was going to hire me uh, with zero experience. It didn't matter that I went to law school or, or you know, that's great, but that had nothing, it really didn't help the office at all. So I needed to volunteer. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, I, I think, Spencer, wouldn't you agree? We've heard that same sort of advice quite a few times. Yeah, do anything you can to get your foot in the door. In turn, be willing to do the grunt work, but you've got to be there. Yeah. And you've got to have a got to be there. Got to be there. That's that's just what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, gosh, Kyle, man, I know you're busy and you got other things to do today. We'll let you go, uh, but thank you so much for your time and your your insight. I know that I I've reached out to you and I've reached out to you a couple of times. I've always appreciated your skill set in this business. You have a great reputation. Uh, for the people that I've talked to in the Pac-12, they've always spoke highly of you, and uh, I know you're really well liked at Oregon State. And so, uh, just appreciate your time, man, and, and keep doing what you're doing. There's uh, big things ahead for you, no doubt. I appreciate that, guys. And anytime, love to talk. All right, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Bye. Right, thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Well, what does that what does that mean, Aaron? Well, that is the sound of. Music. What that is, that's an announcement that we have a caller on the line uh, that's going to assist our podcast in some way. Who do we have today, Spencer? Well, let's have him introduce himself. So why don't you go ahead? Hi there. Uh, my name is Ryan Zetter. Um, I have spent the last almost 18 months interning at both the compliance offices at the University of Miami and Florida Atlantic University. Um, and just recently graduated law school from the University of Miami, Miami here last December. Hey, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Um, so where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from a, a small town in central Minnesota, St. Cloud, Minnesota. It's about 70 miles north of Minneapolis. Um, did my undergrad at the University of Minnesota uh, and then 
came to Miami for their sports club program. Oh, that's awesome. And so when you were at uh, Miami, uh, did they connect you with the compliance office there at University of Miami and, and then at, at FAU? Or is that something you reached out and made those connections? No, so it, was, it was actually, it was a uh, kind of a unique situation. So when I uh, came into Miami Law School, I had visions of emerging as, you know, the next Drew Rosenhouse, the next hotshot sports agent. Um, but over my time at Miami, I, I came to realize that I really valued the NCAA side of athletics more than the professional side. Um, so once I kind of started to realize that, I began looking for, you know, where I could take my JD or my legal degree into NCAA athletics and kind of stumbled across the compliance office at Miami. Um, so once I found out that, you know, this is an area where uh, JD is valued and, and and I can kind of go somewhere with it. Um, I went into the CDO, the Career Development Office at the University of Miami, um, and basically told them, um, "Here's what I want to do. This is why I came to this school. So let's make it happen." And you know, after a little bit of back and forth and and some things like that, um, I got together with Chris Johnson, who was at the University of Miami Compliance Office, and uh, he brought me on as an intern. And that's how that whole thing kind of started. So how long were you at Miami? And then how long uh, were you at uh, FAU? Yeah. So um, after my one L year, I was at Miami for about 11 months. Um, and then once that internship ended, actually my mentor, Chris Johnson, who brought me on at Miami, he actually moved over to Florida Atlantic University. Um, so when my internship ended with Miami, he reached out and said, hey, if, if you're still willing, you can come over here to Florida Atlantic and and kind of keep the good thing rolling. So that's what I did. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, it's funny. You know, I was going to say, he's, you sound like somebody that would be successful in compliance. You know, I, I was in compliance eight years. I, I was, I don't know if you knew that uh, from the podcast, but uh, a couple years at Oregon State and then six years at USC. And kind of yeah. ended as a director for football and men's basketball. And I know a bunch of people. And Spencer probably picked up on a flavor of that, but there, there's quite a few people that start in the, in the, you know, with a JD and they have an intent to maybe be an agent or, um, you know, something like to that effect. And then it's sort of find themselves in compliance somehow or another, usually starting as a volunteer or an intern or both, you know, and, and then kind of persevering and making their way up and you can end up from a intern coordinator volunteer person to somebody heading up an office in a matter of two three four years for the right people you know that have that are well spoken and and really kind of uh after it you know and so you kind of remind me of that i, I hear that in your voice a little bit so nice work well hey I, I appreciate that i mean that that means the world coming from you guys who've been in the industry and, and know what you're talking about here's that you got to do a lot no, thank you. I, I, uh, and and um, do you don't happen to know? And you probably don't. Uh, Ralph Schick. Uh, he he's from the Florida area, and he went to Miami. He's at USC right now. But I don't know if you've heard that name before in the compliance world. Uh, I mean, the name kind of rings a bell. Where yeah. it rings a bell from, I'm not exactly yeah. sure. Yeah, I was just curious. Um, so that, that's kind of my best answer to that question. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm curious about, you know, because you, you, being at Miami for 11 months and then being at FAU, you know, obviously uh, two very different schools, very different levels. You know, one's a kind of a powerhouse, you know, big five type school versus FAU, which is, you know, an up and coming school. Uh, uh, so but but still kind of on the smaller end as far as the sports spectrum. What was the can you kind of compare the two schools? Like what was it? What was your experience like at both schools? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, actually, what most people might find kind of surprising is that the number of student athletes at the University of Miami and Florida Athletics or Florida Atlantic, excuse me, are quite comparable. It's around 450 student athletes, give or take, at, at each school. Um, but with that being said, um, I, it's been previously addressed on your podcast when you, when you're going from you know one of the a, a power five institution to a a non power five institution. I think the major difference was just the resources that are available, um, you know, to the office. So at Miami, I think we had, uh, you know, six full-time staff. 
Um, with me coming on as an intern and in the past, you know, six months, I think they've added a few interns since I left. Um, so it, it's a pretty well, you know, you're, you're in your own groove at Miami. You have your own position. You do it and you do it well. Where at FAU, the resources necessarily aren't there to, you know, hire all those people. So it's a smaller staff. I think um, they're trying to get it up, you know, three, maybe four total people. But when I was there, it was uh, two people and me as an intern. Um, so in that situation, I mean, there's not a different set of rules that apply to, you know, Power 5 or the smaller or lesser known schools. Um, so we're following the same rules, regulations, things like that. It's just uh, at the lesser known schools or, you know, the non-Power 5 schools, you're wearing a lot more different hats. You know, you're you're dabbling a little bit in, in, you know, recruiting. You're dabbling a little bit in the transfer portal. You're dabbling a little bit here, there, everywhere. Where at Miami, is, you have your, you know, set of bylaws, and uh, you kind of stick in your lane, but you know those bylaws like the back of your hand. Are are you what? What's your uh, next move, man? What are you What are you trying to do? Are you trying to move up in the business? You still want to stick with compliance? You want to see it all the way through for a while? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, like I said, when I walked into the career development office at Miami, um, when I was trying to get my first internship, I said, "This is what I want to do. This is what I came here for." Yeah. Um. So since I graduated this uh, past December, I've been you know applying anywhere and everywhere, um, for compliance jobs. Um, across the country and I've had a you know a bunch of interviews uh, a handful you know second and third interviews uh, an on-campus interview um, but you know just throwing out feelers here and there and, and trying to get my foot in the door in the industry. Yeah well, the good thing here we have a lot of listeners from uh, a lot of different schools um, that you know Arizona State and Syracuse and USC and Purdue and and they have openings and you know hiring season for compliance is kind of March, April. You probably knew that, but kind of, uh, you know, come, we're coming into the heavy hiring season here in the next couple of months. And there's probably going to be, you know, around the country, I would imagine, mm, you know, 40 or 50 assistant director jobs open, and then probably 30 to 35 director jobs open or head or higher uh, around the country. And if you kind of network and know the right people, you're definitely going to land something, I would think. And plus, BSK law firm, uh, you know, is hiring, uh, from time to time and some other, there's a lot of opportunities out there. So I think you're doing the right thing by joining our podcast <laughs> and getting your name out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that's kind of what I've, I've been told from, you know, people who I, who I've been working with at both at, you know, Miami and Florida Atlantic is that, that the hiring season is kind of coming upon us right now. So yeah. while it might not have been, you know, from December until this point might not have been the most fruitful search that, uh, that things will be coming around here in the next, you know, month or two. Yeah, yeah. March, April is is heavy, and most schools and most of the people that I know they hold the better jobs until March uh, to release them, March or April, so they can get the better Absolutely. they get the better candidates. You're gonna it's gonna be more competitive, but there's gonna be a flurry of jobs that in the next uh, three weeks or so that are gonna start getting released, and uh, people talk. I mean, when we would hire people at USC. I mean, we took we took some people at USC that may, maybe didn't have the full pedigree. You know what I mean? Like they, they, you know, they were an intern somewhere, and then we would hire them aboard for personality. But we would everybody would know somebody. I mean, the whole network's connected, and every single time we interviewed, somebody knew that person that we knew, and we could ask kind of, "What do you think of the person? Are they a people person? They work hard. They organize." And one wrong answer of like, "Well, I don't know," and that would be the end of it, you know. But the right answer of like, "Yeah, this is a good person. This is a good hire." And that could be all the difference. And so that's why your reputation is like gold in that industry. And so that would be my advice to you is just network like crazy, uh, treat everybody fair and with respect. And then when you get move up the, the chain, pay it forward, you know, and do the same for people below you, you know. Oh, I, oh, absolutely. I mean, I will be forever grateful, you know, to the University of Miami for the, for the opportunity that they gave me to just, you know, even get my foot somewhat in the door as an intern and, you know, I'm taking it and running with it. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I remember one time just, uh, and then we'll move on this from this, but uh, we had a job opening at USC for an assistant director position and uh, I hope it's okay that I say it, but, uh, and we had 1300 applications for it. We had it oh, open. Wow. Yeah. We had it open a week. I mean, tw yeah, 20 year lawyers. We had, um, people with MBAs, PhDs, a couple people from Ivy League schools. I mean, it was insane. And so you couldn't really weed, weed through it all. 
And uh, oftentimes we would just hire the person that everybody sort of knew and we wanted to work sure. with. And, and uh, that's just the way it went. And so sometimes that's hard if you're outside of that network to get in because you could be a really qualified candidate as an MBA from Stanford and whatever and just can't seem to land that that job because those are choice jobs. I mean, once you get on the inside, right, I mean, those are uh, at the higher level when you're the director running an office, those are good jobs. And so that's it's hard to move up in this business. You got to move around sometimes a little bit. Are you open to moving outside of Florida? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I'm from a small town in central Minnesota. I've lived in Hawaii. I've lived now here in Florida. I, I'm open to going, you know, anywhere that, that's going to let me, you know, get my foot in the door and start expanding my NCAA compliance route. All right. Well, if there's any listeners out there, you guys, that are going to be looking for somebody here in the next month or two during hiring season, uh, let them know. Reach out to them or reach out to us or whatever. We'll connect you guys. And let's get yeah, them going. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm open to, to any and all comers. All right. All right. Well, one thing that we know that's really important to work in NCA compliance is you got to know the college nicknames, right? Yeah. That's huge. Oh, it's very important. It's, it's critical or you can't get hired. Aaron, I mean, Aaron knows them <laughs> backwards and forwards. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, one of the other reasons why we wanted to have you on the podcast is because you you challenged me to a, a college nickname off, yeah. Which uh, I, I was most definitely did. Which which was I was thrilled with. I I love college nicknames. Have for a long time. Yeah. Um. I'm trying. I try to instruct Aaron. You know. So Aaron has come up with a game. He's going to describe the game, and then he's gonna, and then we're gonna get going on this thing. Okay. Sounds perfect. All right. So we're all about rules here. We're attorneys. We're compliance folks. We follow the rules, and so the rules are: can't use uh, any written materials. You can't use the internet. Uh, can't look up the answer. You either know it off the top of your head, or, or you don't. Um, yep. And every one of these uh, schools is going to have D one in either football, football or basketball, or both. So these aren't obscure schools. I mean, these are D one in football or basketball or both. And um, you're going to have so basically how it's going to work. We're going to start off with Ryan. He's our guest. And I'll, I'll tell you the school, the university, and you have, you'll at that point have 10 seconds to, to say the, the nickname of the mascot or, or you know, the, the, nickname. the nickname. Yeah, yeah, because you know how mascots are sometimes different, but this is the nickname. For example, Arizona State Sun Devils. That's what we're looking for, right? And, and so you'll have 10 seconds to name the nickname, and you can either say, you know, I don't know, or you can take a guess or just let the time run out. If you get it right, you get two points. If you get it wrong, Spencer then has a chance to steal. And if he gets it right, he gets one point. And then it transitions to Spencer. And he has the chance to go first to get two. And you can steal if he gets it wrong to go one. If that makes sense. And the first person who gets to 15 points wins. I think I can handle that. Spencer, do you understand the rules? I'm ready to rock and roll. You agree to the terms? Yeah, absolutely. All right, there's a lot of pride on this because Spencer, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of his claim to fame. If the first person that comes in and knocks him off the horse, that's going to set him back a peg or two. Yeah, so, yeah, big time. Uh, so, I'll be, uh, so I'll be eating some humble pie. Yeah, but I'm warning you, Ryan, he's pretty good. So he's been studying I'm for a long try time. Not to embarrass myself. Okay, okay, all right. We'll start a little easy. You know, I mean, I don't want to crush her out of the gate, and but then we'll get a little harder. So here we go. Are you ready, Ryan? I'm ready to go. Okay. Harvard University. Crimson. Bang. Two points for Ryan. All right. Spencer, he got it. So pressure's on you now, buddy. We're going we're gonna to go to you. We're not starting tough, but now this is Spencer. Uh, Spencer, Rhode Island. The Rams. Rams. Correct. Two to two. You guys crushed these easy ones, no problem. All right. How about UC Irvine, Ryan? Those would be the Anteaters. Anteaters, correct. Two points. Okay, very nice. Spencer, your turn. Little Rock. Arkansas Little Rock, they are the Spartans. Or the Trojans, they're Trojans. They're the Trojans. They're the Trojans. I corrected it within 10 seconds. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I will allow Trojans, that. I always confuse them. You, mi you misspoke, but you but you corrected in 10 seconds. And Okay. All right. I will give you that one. Two to two. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Okay. Back to Ryan. Ryan, how about Grand Canyon University? The Antelope. 
Very nice. Very nice. I, I thought that might get a little tricky for somebody. Okay. Not bad. I'm going to go back to Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. Uh, oh, boy. Um, oof. Uh, are they the Eagles? Eagles is correct. Yeah. Very nice job. Very nice job. I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. It's six to six. Nobody's missed any. Back to Ryan. UT Arlington. Arlington, Arlington, Arlington. Uh, those would be the Mavericks, I believe. That's correct. Nice job. Wow, this is pretty good. This is impressive. Yeah, eight to six. Okay, back to Spencer. The pressure's on. Nobody's missed any. Okay. All right, Spencer, are you ready? Yeah. Coastal Carolina. They are the Chanticleers. Nice. You got that right away. Very nice job. All right, very nice. Okay. All right, let's get into some uh, – these may not be hard for you guys, but let's see. How about Texas State? Texas State? Sorry, I, I didn't quite hear you. Correctly. Yeah, yeah, Texas State. Oh, yeah. okay, the Bobcats. Bobcats, nice job. Dang, that's pretty good. Okay, all right, so 10 to 8. Spencer, pressure's on you. Nobody's missed any. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. How about Kansas City? U UMC, UMC, UMKC. Yes. University of Missouri, Kansas City. Yes. They are the kangaroos. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. I mean, I thought for sure that might trip you up. Okay. All right. 10 to 10. Nobody's missed any. I got to make sure I get you guys missing something here. Okay. All right. Here's a tricky one. And I'm going to go to Ryan on this one. I think it's very tricky because it recently changed. All right. UT Rio Grande Valley. Those would be the Vaqueros. Man, very nice. That, Holy that's smoke. A good, that one did just change. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Spencer? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Seattle University. Ooh, the Red Hawks. Red Hawks, got it. Okay. It is 12 to 12, guys. Nobody's missed any. All right. How about, Brian, CSU Bakersfield? Those would be the road runners. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. So he's came ready to play. 14 to 12. Yeah, big time. Spencer, are you ready? Yeah. Chicago State. Cougars. Nice. Nice. All right. 14 to 14. Nobody's missed any. Uh, holy smoke. Let's see here. How am I going to trip you guys up? I don't think the other ones are. Um, Florida Coastal. Florida Coastal? Yep. Ooh. You might have gotten me on this one. I know Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah. I think, do you mean Florida uh, Gulf Coast? Because uh, I don't think. Because those are the Eagles. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I had it as Florida Coastal. It's, yeah, Florida, it's Florida Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm Florida tricky. Gulf Coast would be the Eagles. Eagles. Okay, good. Okay, That's, you got it right away. All right. So Spencer then has to get this one right or he loses. Okay. All right. I like this game. This is not bad, this right? Is, we may have to do round two. <laughs> Might have to do round two because nobody's missed any. Yeah. There's got to be something. I'm going to have to make it tricky. We're going to go D2 or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Spencer's got this one. has to get this one right or he loses the game. Okay. Pressure's on. Are you ready? Yeah. Tulane. Tulane, the green wave. Green wave. Wow. I mean, nobody missed any. Other than Spencer might have misnamed one. I, I, yeah, I, I, if, to the extent that I misnamed, I, I knew they were the Trojans. <laughs> but but, uh, but I will, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... I'm calling, I'm calling shenanigans on the misname. Right, yeah. I'm this one very okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give this one to you on the misname because I did miss that one. I knew they were the Trojans. I actually saw them play against Purdue a, f a couple of years ago at the NCAA tournament, and they beat Purdue. In a 12-5 matchup, it was a great game. Oh. And, um, but, and so I knew they were the Trojans. I did say the Spartans originally. And so I, I will I will, con I will concede, concede it. He yeah. won 16-15. 16-15. And as a tiebreaker, uh, Quinnipiac. I'll, I'll leave that to Ryan. Ryan. I think let's see if Ryan knows it. Quinnipiac? Yeah. Uh, um, I should know it. They have a D1 hockey team. Is it, uh, uh, kind of, is it 
I'm gonna go Wildcats. They are they are the Bobcats. Bobcats, Bobcats. okay. That was my that was my other option. Oh, see, okay, see, we both we both <laughs> missed one. Kind of. I had that one as the tiebreaker. So, but but I think I think Ryan. Well, I think he won. Although Ryan's pretty good, no, Ryan, I, I, I'm I'm super impressed actually. That yeah, because I had some tough ones. That was some dang good. I thought nobody was going to get UT Arling. That was a good one. And then I thought UT River Rio Grande Valley, but that one didn't fool anybody. So yeah. impressive, impressive work, Ryan. You came to the game. You were talking a big game, and he backed it up big time. I mean, he dropped. He dropped. I, I, I did my best. Quinnipiac let me down a little bit, but you know I did what I could. Well, hey, and I feel like that was after the game was over. You know what I mean? Like the the the, the horn sounded, the basketball game was over, and then he went up for a three sixty <laughs> dunk, missed it, but the game's over, right? But he had a triple double in the game, yeah, so it was, that was good. That was impressive. Yeah, don't worry about it, man. That's that's really good. And uh, anyways, uh, nice job, Ryan. You know your mascots. You're you're eager to work in this business, so hopefully we can connect you, help connect you to a few of the right people this hiring season, get you something big time, man. And and, and yeah. I want I want a rematch too. We'll have to we'll have to oh, go a little bit I, deeper. I, I'm good. Yeah. I'm game ready for a rematch. You name the date and time. Right. I'm good to go. All right, man. All right, we'll do it. All right, thanks a lot. Have a great day. Yeah, same to you guys. Much appreciated. Have a good one, guys. Absolutely. See ya. Yeah. All right. Bye. Well, I'll tell you, those were two of the best calls we've had. Yeah. On the podcast. I had a blast chatting with mm-hmm. Kyle. Super knowledgeable, knows yeah. his stuff. Yeah. Um, really down to earth guy. Yeah. And then, gosh, that game with Ryan uh, Zenner was a lot of fun. Yeah. Ryan Zenner uh, impressed me. You know, I, I didn't want to ask too extreme of names because I kind of thought, we got a guy challenging us, popping off. He's going to know Arizona State and, and UCLA. He's not going to know. Texas State? He's not going to go UT Rio Grande Valley. He's not going to know any of those. And he knew every one. Like it was nothing. But I did get him at Quinnipiac. Now, off, now that was after the game was over. And I think it was questionable whether you stumbled or not. I mean, we have a controversial game right now. Well, no, I, I, I'm going to give it to him because I did stumble. Honestly, I did stumble. <laughs> you stumbled. But he didn't know Quinnipiac Bobcats at the end. That's true. So we don't so know what happened. I, I this game like, ended in, a, in an I feel, asterisk. I feel like it's a tie. I think we've got to go round two with this guy. Yeah, and if we go round two, I'm going to get raunchy with it. I mean, I'm going to go next level. Because I, I, I intentionally didn't do that. Because I didn't want it to be like, no, he wasn't getting any of them. So now I realize, okay, the guy can lift a little bit of weight. So now I'm going to rack it a couple more. And so the next round two, you know, having a few weeks or a month, we'll work it out. And we're going to go real aggressive. I can't wait. Um, uh, let's see, uh, how's, uh, how's USC's basketball team look? Uh, they're doing okay. They're, they're kind of typical USC basketball. They got blown out by Colorado. You know, they've won a good one against Utah. They always seem to have a pretty good record, but they get into the heart of this, the PAC 12 and kind of let up a little bit and have some strange head scratching losses. Hey, Colorado's a good team though. They're a good team. Shouldn't have been able to beat USC by like 25. I mean, USC's, USC's good. Um, Kind of that's how Andy Enfield's uh, teams have been a little bit lately, where they're a little up and down, a little inconsistent. You know, they're right on the bubble of the tournament, and he just can't seem. We get good recruits in, but we can't seem to get over that hump where we're elite. Okay. We're all, you know, and so that's kind of where USC is kind of about where I thought they might be: twenty three, twenty four wins on the bubble of the tournament, and they're about right there. Okay. You know, yeah. I saw you BYU had a pretty big win yeah. here. In town. In, Port- in Portland, Oregon. In we Portland, played, Oregon. We played at the University of Portland. Pilots. And you knew that one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we played them. I actually got to go to the game. Uh, thank you to my uh, – I got to uh, spend some time. Thank you to my brother, Mitchell, who, who got us the tickets. We had a great yeah. time. Did you notice any violations when uh, you were there? I did not notice okay. any violations. Uh, it was interesting as we were walking out. Uh-oh. One of their uh, there was an accru- there was a recruit there who met with one of the assistant coaches, Uh-oh. but I, he was very careful, you okay. know, very careful. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to watch. All right, yeah, I yeah. kind of put my eye on it. Um, <laughs> you uh, never so, know uh, when we show up at an event. That's right, you know. And Spence, by the way, I, I've heard a rumor you might be interested in attending the USC Oregon football game I at Autzen this year. I would love to go to that game. Yeah, so maybe yeah, we'll make but, that happen. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll be I'll be rocking my yeah. uh, my Trojan gear. That one's going to be a primetime game, brutal. We'll, we'll get into it later. But, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. Next week uh, uh, we should have another fun week. Yeah. Um, and hopefully uh, we have some more to talk about. Uh, you know, yeah. There's always stuff going on. And I know 
the Adidas and Nike uh, trials are going on right now. Uh, yeah. The Michael Avenatti yeah. trials going on. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. We might talk about that next week. Yeah. And uh, the Oregonian called me uh, not long ago and wanted a story about uh, this, this issue going up. And so they've asked for us to chat with them about that. So we'll see uh, if we return that call or not. But that's it, newsworthy. Um, this Adidas stuff is Nike, so maybe we want to get into that. Next week, we also talked to Ole Miss Recruiting. Oh, boy. Lane Kiffin and the Lane Train. All right. So should be a fun week. Yeah. Uh, we hope everybody enjoys uh, college basketball uh, going on. Uh, we're about a month away from Selection Sunday, a month and a week or so. When do you leave for March Madness? Um, uh, March 18th. I am counting Ooh. down the days. About five, six weeks. Uh, yeah, five, six wow. weeks. Yeah, 40, right. 40 some odd days. All right. We're headed out to uh, to Greensboro, North Carolina this time. And we're going to maybe even do some remote interviews while we're out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be – you had a pretty good week this this uh, recently. You were out of town as well. Yeah, that's right. With the family. Went to family. Yeah. Got to go down to Disneyland. Yeah. Had a blast down there. Did anybody buy Mickey Mouse ears? No Mickey Mouse ears. Okay. No, we told the kids they could buy one a souvenir. They did uh-huh. neither one of – none of – None of the kids chose that, uh, which is fine. What was your favorite uh, ride? Uh, favorite ride? They, they have a brand new ride called Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. uh, in Star Wars Land, oh, which is okay. incredible. All right. You get a chance. You to rode it more than once, didn't you? We only actually got to ride it once what? because it's based on a lottery. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So okay. it, 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 it's intense. And okay. uh, we only got to ride it once. Uh, you have to put in for a lottery for a position every morning if you want to ride this ride. Uh, and if you don't get on it, you don't get on it and mm. you can't ride it. So, uh, we were able to ride it once and it was worth it for sure. Did you eat at Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, no, we did not eat at Pirates of the Caribbean though. I did have a corn dog from the corn dog hut okay. in, in, in uh, California Metro and that was worth the price. Of <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right. Well, enjoy your week college sports fans. Uh, feel free to continue to email us if you have any yeah. questions. Um, and, and also if anybody else wants to challenge me to a college mascot, college nickname off, mm-hmm. send us an email. Uh, I am happy to yeah. take on any comments. And now I've learned my lesson. I'm going to just go straight ruthless from now on. I'm not, I'm not going to just go, well, Chicago state or Texas state. No, I'm going to go obscure from now on. And so, uh, cause we're going to, we're going to see what people are made of. Yeah. Let's see what anybody has. All yeah. Right. All right. Fun stuff. Okay. We'll see you next week for Ole Miss and the lane train. All right.